All right, boys. It was a little less than a month ago that we sat in this same exact seat discussing what the Jaguars might do in the 2022 NFL Draft. Three and a half, four weeks removed. We now have the Jaguars 2022 draft class. Hayes, you pounded the table for an edge rusher. Didn't get the edge rusher that you were hoping for. Matt, you wanted a wide receiver at number one overall. Didn't didn't, even get one. Yeah, they didn't draft a wide receiver. Period. At all. Uh, So as we reflect now, less than a month removed, and as we look towards Jaguars rookie minicamp, how did the Jaguars fare in the 2022 draft haze? It's not the path I would have taken. It won. You know, I would have taken Hutchinson. But, I, I, you know, the Trayvon Walker pick will be intriguing. It's a massive project uh, in terms of the risk involved at number one. Uh, he's a great athlete, but there isn't the production there. So they've invited a, a catastrophe um, because if it doesn't work, uh, it's not just going to be a run-of-the-mill bust. It's going to be one of the biggest busts in NFL draft history because of where you took him. So hopefully Trayvon Walker will be great. I'm excited to see him at outside linebacker opposite Josh Allen, which is the indication of what Trent Baalke and Doug Peterson have said. It's They say out of one side of their mouth, well, we love his versatility, then the next side is, but we really want him to focus in on doing one thing, which I think is smart. You don't want to overwhelm him. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm excited to see him when we get a chance to, to watch him out there because obviously the traits are sensational. Love Devin Lloyd coming back in the first round. Uh, and I was surprised that there wasn't more around Trevor, that yeah. there wasn't more uh, geared towards the offensive side of the ball and, and especially completely ignoring what was a pretty deep receiver class. Yeah, that receiver class. I know you were upset, Matt Hayes, because the Lions make the move that you wanted the Jaguars to Which do. Everyone screamed at me, "You can't do it! Won't, no one will ever do it! It's too much, too much capital." And you know, there's the Lions moving right back in and getting Jamison Williams. Um, first, I want to go to the to the DN, and I agree with what Hayes said. Yeah, because you, you, me, you really. I mean, you were in co- covering college football. You watched Trayvon Walker in that Georgia machine. He he has talent. Okay, there's no doubt about it. It's a giant reach. There's no question it is. And I don't care about the news leaking out that a couple teams had him high in their draft. I don't care about that. It's a giant reach. When that defense was on the field, he was not the best player in that defense. He was probably the third or fourth. Okay? So that's one way to look at it. The second way is I kind of compare this to Alabama and Will Anderson. He's a monster on the edge. Okay? But the last four or five games of the season, there was a freshman by the name of Dallas Turner who really started to emerge. He had like seven sacks in the last last four or five games in the season. I see it as one of those things. Oh, Dallas Turner. He looks good. He's got a high ceiling. You know, I know he only has six or seven sacks, but boy, he could be really good. You can't, if you're at one, you cannot make the decision of, yeah, well, we think we can develop him. One of the first things they said when they introduced him, he's got a lot of work to do. You, I mean, are you kidding me? The first pick of the NFL draft and one of the first things you say is he's got a lot of work to do? No. He's a day one player right away if you're if he's your first overall. Hayes was talking about how it could it could it would be one of the biggest busts in in draft history. If it doesn't work out, it's going to set this franchise back a decade. You're talking about a legit guy that you should have had that could get you ten sacks a year, eleven sacks a year. It, that's the idea of what Hutchinson was. We don't know if it's going to. We don't know anything with any pick, but at least you're taking the safe road to that. That's what's changed. I mean, as far as wide receiver. I say this every day. They literally have four threes out there in the wide receiver court right now. They don't have a one. They don't really have a two. They've got four slot guys out there, and one of them's got to go on the outside. Two of them got to go on the outside. What do you do then? I I don't know what they're going to do. I was shocked they didn't help Trevor. Just absolutely shocked that they thought what they did in free agency 
is enough to help them. I, I'm telling you right now, in October, we're going to look at each other going, this receiver core is just average. Average. Just like last year. Now, do you believe that Trayvon Walker will be an outside linebacker when push comes to shove? I, it depends on the front. I think if they're an even front, he's going to be an end. And I think if it's an odd front, he's going to be the outside rush guy with Josh Allen. I think both he and Josh, on odd fronts, they're going to go out. On even fronts, they're going to go in. So my next question is, where does Devin Lloyd fit into all that? Because I know, like you said, Hayes, you were a big fan. I know I was a big fan of them trading back in for him. He's someone that they did not expect to be there at number 27. A lot of folks, pretty much consensus, had him as a top 20 pick. I think just because there was a run on wide receivers, there was a run on interior offensive linemen of all positions so early on in the first round that that's how he was able to slide. Where does he factor in, though, if Trayvon Walker is opposite Josh Allen and if you already paid Foye Oluwakan to play in the middle in your linebacking core. Yeah, I think he's right there with Oluwakan, right, in, you know, in, in the 3-4. And so I think he's going to be on the field a ton. I think he's going to make a huge impact. And I think it was a, a, a great move at the time. Now, it's easy in hindsight, and, and I'll be the first to admit it. Like, if you knew now, you know, if, what you could have known then, and, and you would have said, well, look at the linebackers that are still going to be there. Uh, you know, maybe do you do you still go up to get Lloyd? But I don't think it's a move they're going to regret. I, I do think that he's going to be pretty much a, an instant impact player right out of the gate in week one. And uh, it's going to be fascinating to see how how this defense is constructed. And I will say this, and I feel I'm kicking myself because I didn't ask Trent this question uh, after they drafted Muma as well, who we'll get to. But it almost seems like there's this th- there's this theory in football now when it comes to defense and stopping the spread and that the spread is not going to cycle out that there's nothing coming behind the spread that indicates that the spread is going anywhere it's only going to get more prevalent right. and there's a defensive theory that the only way you're going to be able to combat that is to really go with a hybrid 11. Where to have a track team out there. Basically, where it's... To combat the track You're team. getting away from your traditional, what we consider the defensive alignment of the three levels of defensive line, linebackers, secondary, and it's going to be 11 guys that look more similar than what we've ever seen. And so are the Jaguars maybe on the forefront of that thinking of... We want to get Walker, Lloyd, Muma, Aluakin. We want to get them all in here. And yes, they are going to all play a ton because of formations that we're going to use. So I'm intrigued to see that. Uh, and, you know, I don't know if, if that's why I'm kicking. I don't know that we'll get the chance to ask Trent Baalke this again, but we certainly will be able to ask Doug Peterson. But are the Jaguars moving to more of that hybrid defense of we just want guys that can run and we're going to sacrifice girth? And if a team wants to try and run directly at us, then we'll just do the best we can. Yeah, that's the. I mean, it's a, it's what college football did. They went to a four-two-five, and that's kind of what you're going to see. You're going to see seven guys in the back end, well, well, specifically four or five in the back end that can run, you know, and then and then a couple in the middle. Like I see this as if you know you were asking where Devin Lloyd goes. Yeah, I I think they've given up on Chase on. So I think it's if you're starting at a regular even front, I think you're going to go a little con at the will. You're gonna go Mumu at the at uh, at the mic, and then they're, I think they're gonna put I think they're gonna put Devin at the uh, at the Sam, because you got to get all three of those guys in the field at the same time. They all three can run, and they all three conceivably are better than the guy you drafted a couple years ago. Not they drafted the other the other you know the other coach the other staff drafted. So I see that as far as when they go to odd front, who knows what they're gonna do? Who know, who knows what they will do as far as linebackers? They may even go to like a three three five of some sort. Who knows? 
So Chad Muma, the second linebacker in four picks for the Jaguars. In the moment, I know Matt, or Hayes and I, I should say, <laughs> we were both kind of looking at each other like another one, another one. But Chad Muma was projected, I mean, top four linebacker in this class, and he falls to 70. I mean, was it a bad move to take the best player available? It was puzzling at the time. And again, it's still not the path I would have taken. That doesn't mean it's the wrong path. There's a number of paths you can take to win games in this league. So looking at it from their point of view, I th- we got hung up on how dreadful the offense was because it was atrocious. They averaged 14.9 points a game. But I think... What we didn't see and maybe what was more emphasized with Balky and Peterson is this defense doesn't get any takeaways at all. I mean, I think they got nine all season in 17 games. Trevor was behind every single time he took the field. Yeah. I mean, you're constantly starting inside your 20 because uh, you're not getting the ball on the opponent's side of the field. And that wasn't a Joe Cullen problem. That wasn't a scheme problem. That was you don't have players, players problem. Right, right. And so I think they looked at it and said, you know, we are helping Trevor. We're helping him a little more indirectly than maybe what a lot of people would like. But we need to get players in here that can get the ball off the quarterback, that can pressure the quarterbacks, so that he makes a bad decision, a quicker decision than he wants to help our cover. The Russian cover here had to get a ton better. And I think that that was a huge priority, obviously, in how they use their assets. And I can understand that because, again, they were worst in the league by five. I mean, do you understand how hard that is to be that inept? The the team that was 31st had five more takeaways than the Jaguars. It was pitiful. All right, so listen, I'm not going to disagree. I agree with what you're saying completely. I, I just feel like in the draft, they were trying to be all things for everyone. And – the only guy you really got to be for right now is 16. Because once he gets settled, once he becomes a dangerous quarterback, which he can be, then build the rest of that around him, uh, the defense and everything. Right now, it's, this is what I would do. I would build offense because it's an offense league now. It's a passing game league now. It's a quarterback league now. I would have focused on offense and did everything I could to make it e- as easy as possible for him to transition. And then if I had a pick or two or a free agency pick up or two in the defense, fine. But, man, I, I see that as... And I, I want to get your thoughts on this. I think they wasted last year with him, okay? With the coaching staff, with the offensive coordinator, with the quarterback's coach, the bad fits everywhere. He was not he was not developed at all. A wasted year. I would hate to see another wasted year because there's not enough guys around him. There's not a one, a true one out there that can get open on bump coverage. And I just, it, it's frustrating for me to see that, that that's your guy. You said that's your guy. We all know that's your guy. What are you doing to help him? It is interesting because it's it's like they view Trevor as a player that they know he's good and therefore they don't have to put an embarrassment of riches around him for him to be successful. I'm I'm just saying that I think this is how they look at it. I I think they don't view him as a a, a player that they they hope is good right. and you've really got to surround them to make sure that pick is is accurate. I will say this it again. I would have liked to have seen an investment in receiver. I think it's smart. Look at what the Colts did with Peyton Manning. They draft Marvin Harrison in the second round. Right. They draft Reggie Wayne late in the first round. They give him targets that Dallas he can Clark. grow up with. Dallas right. Clark. Christian Kirk's not going to be here in three years. You know, Zay Jones isn't going to be here in three years. So who is on this roster that Trevor is going to be able to grow with? The answer is no one. No one that he's going to throw to this season right. is going to be here in 2025. So I think that's a issue and I think definitely think it makes it a high priority in next off season. 
But I think when when they look at Trevor Lawrence, they're going to say, okay, these were our notable offensive departures. DJ Chark, who had 154 yards last year because he got hurt. Brandon Linder, who you could never really count on. Uh, and Andrew Norwell, who was decent. Decent, right. So that those are your notable losses of significance. AJ Can doesn't count. So um, And no one else counts. Those are the three. You've gained Christian Kirk, Zay Jones, Evan Ingram. You get Travis Etienne back. Uh, you've added Brandon Sheriff, who's a five-time Pro Bowler, and you and you drafted Fortner, who should be able to start at some point right. this season. Uh, so I think offensively they are significantly improved. But to your point, he he's got a number of options, which I like. I think he's got two tight ends that he can rely on. Etienne is going to help help catch balls out of the backfield. His receivers, I think, will be more reliable this year, more sure-handed. But he he still doesn't have that amazing, this is the guy we're going to, this is the guy it's that third the, nine, we need to make yes, a play. Even yeah. a this Zach is Ertz. the opposing defensive coordinator's nightmare. He doesn't have that. No. I mean, even Doug Peterson for the 2017 Super Bowl team that didn't really have a true number one wide receiver unless you want to count Alshon Jeffrey, which he was a banged up version of Alshon Jeffrey. He was still better than anybody they got in this team, I'll tell you that. And he was a true ex, right. so we'll give him that. And moreover, they had Zach Ertz. They had Trey Burton. They had they had tight ends, and so if you are going to go slot, 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 at least you had those reliable underneath tight end right. options, which Evan Ingram had, what, 10 drops his last year in New York where he was fully healthy? So, I mean, as much as, yes, like, <laughs> he went to a Pro Bowl at the same time. I mean, how much of that was recency bias? So if he went to Ole Miss and he was, like, semi-productive there. That's my concern. I can't concern. wait to do this podcast again in, like, five months and Hayes and I are looking at each other like <laughs> I mean it's not like we couldn't have seen this five months ago okay yeah. real quick let's hit on the day three picks because I know I looked at Mark Long of the Associated Press and I go they think that day three is nothing in this year's draft class Snoop Connor number three right running back for Ole Miss despite you know them not you know three three running back system and so therefore that's part of why his carries were limited in his three seasons in Oxford and then they go with two corners pretty surprising. I mean, maybe the testing is part of what held him back, but Busta Brown, the final seventh round, final pick of the day for the Jaguars in the seventh round, led the SEC in interceptions, Matt. Is that someone who you see contributing possibly for this team? And ditto to Gregory Johnson out of Wachita, Wachita Baptist. We've been practicing that one. Wachita Baptist in the sixth round. I mean, Busta's probably a special teams guy. Maybe, maybe a dime guy. I mean, uh, you know, I, I'll tell you what, I like Snoop Connor. I don't know about you. I think Snoop Connor, they they are lacking a guy who, when it's first and goal to two, can get in the end zone. He can get in the end zone. He can move the pile. They don't have a pile mover. Even when J- James Robinson's healthy, he's not a pile mover. Right. Um, Etienne's not a pile mover. So uh, I, I think it's a great pick. I think he's a deceptively fast guy, and he's also one of those one-cut guys. Like, he sees the whole one-cut go. And and I, I think potentially he could be a nice little changeup for them in the backfield. So the, the, those are the three picks I love more than I, I like Devin Lloyd, I like Fortner, and I like Snoop Connor. Those three picks to me are really good picks. Mm-hmm. The two corners, did that surprise you in the sixth and seventh round, Hayes? Uh, a little bit, but I, I guess you look at it, and I would agree. I think you know it's a, it's a bad draft, and so you're getting to the six, sixth, seventh round. I mean, you're, you're really throwing darts and praying that something hits the board. Um, <laughs> you know, so I, I think they look at corner as, all right, Shaq Griffin – could be his last year, unless I mean we all love Shaq Griffin, but he's got to play well, or they're going to definitely cut that contract loose. Uh, you like Tyson Campbell, you like Darius Williams, but what do you really have? Trey Herndon doesn't run well, uh, so what's his shelf life here? This could easily be his last year here. 
Uh, and, you know, Chris Claybrooks has been here now a few years. How much upside is still there? You probably know what you have there. So from a depth standpoint, probably smart to go ahead and get a couple corners in here that you draft that you hope with a year or two of development, you know, they can step in and, and, and be contributors, special teams, depth. Maybe you, you have a hidden gem and, and yeah, you, you can find, a, yeah, find yeah. a starter. But I think for I think it's probably more what do you have long term at that position other than Tyson Campbell? These guys don't solve that, but I mean they. It's a low probability that one of them helps solve that problem. But I think just you need to just recycle and and keep your depth strong there. So I didn't really have a an issue with it. I do uh, think the running back selection was a great one. You know, with Robinson, Etn, you know, coming off significant injuries, they had to add to that room. And uh, yeah, I agree with everything Matt said. I mean, I, I like what the kid shows on film. So yeah, I'm excited to see it. How often were the Jaguars within the four yard line and they couldn't punch it in? And that's been like years, I mean, not yeah, just not I just mean, the urban era. That's right, been years. Since Mojo left. I mean, it's been they I mean, it's been amazing. I mean, it's like they you could give them Zonka and they wouldn't be able to do it. I mean, it's. It, so anyway, hopefully they'll reverse well, they that. They wouldn't have first. Jim Kick with them, so that would be a problem. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> so they don't draft a wide receiver, but let's briefly touch on the undrafted free agent signing of Kevin Austin out of Notre Dame. Missed the one season with injury, missed the other season because he was suspended. Do you see him making the 53-man roster? Is is Or even uh, maybe one of these other undrafted free agents that the two tight ends, the other wide receiver that they signed? I don't know. I think he's just a camp guy. I think he's a camp guy that can run, and if they find something, if he's a jewel that all of a sudden plays really well in camp, Maybe. I mean, I, I think he's just a guy out there. And they're hoping to sign him to a practice squad and maybe develop him. We'll see what happens. It was interesting. Uh, yeah, I think Dane Brugler does a really nice job for the athletic. And in the Beast, he has him as a projected fifth-round pick. So, again, we talk about value to get him as an undrafted free agent. Yeah, that's pretty good. Um, but Because if, if they had taken him in the fifth round, we would all say, oh, he's absolutely making the team. Um, I, I think he's got a great chance. I would still give the edge to Treadwell just because yeah. I think he, I mean. Him and Trevor have a great connection. I mean, and and the fact left, that right? Laquan Basically. Treadwell was able to have his best year in the debacle that was the 2021 Jacksonville Jaguars, like, tells me, like, he has found something. I thought he was really impressive when he one, talked to us. Right? What's that? There's one spot left, basically. I, you got to keep That's Agnew the spot. A, yeah. Five, right? Right. Because yeah. Agnew will be here. Uh, based on his contract, so you just yeah you go down the line: Kirk, Zay Jones, Marvin Jones, Chenault, Treadwell, Agnew. Those are your six. Yeah. So I would think you know unless they end up doing something. I mean, I think Chenault needs to have a big training camp. I mean, he can't he can't even resemble what he did last year. Or they won't or, cut him; they'll just trade him. Yeah, they might have to cut. I mean, I don't know. I they would had think, offers. They yeah. just didn't like the compensation. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, it could be Chenault, but but. Obviously, there was a significant investment in him from a previous administration. We'll see if, if they're ready to, to cut him loose. They may give him the benefit of the doubt, and hopefully he'll have a nice camp. But I, I do think, I, I, I think Laquan Treadwell, if it's Treadwell versus Austin, which I think it is at this point, then I think I'd give the edge to Treadwell. So let me go over that draft real quick for you, okay? Chris Anderson, Caleb Chase on, LaVisca Chanel. That was the first three picks of that draft. Yeah, it's pathetic. That's that's. You want to talk about something that sets a franchise back? Yeah. That's three picks in the first, right. what? 30, 40, yeah. 30, 30 yeah. something. 40-something. First 40, 40, yeah. First 40. And all of them. Miss, miss, miss. Well, the only good thing about that is it got Trevor Lawrence here. Because if they'd had a great draft, 
they would not have had Trevor Lawrence. True. So that's the only positive of that is congratulations. You were so atrocious in selecting (laughs) these players that it enabled you to fall ass backwards into Trevor Lawrence. (laughs) Thank you, Dave. Thank you, Doug. Appreciate you. Uh, One last undrafted free agent question before we wrap up here and then kind of look ahead to rookie minicamp. The news Wednesday that Matthew Wright cut by the Jaguars. Uh, The guy that I circled, and it's not just because he went to Iowa State, but Andrew Mavis, the kicker out of Iowa State by way, or excuse me, out of Fordham University. Let's get rammed by way of Iowa State where he did his final year. My sister went to Fordham. I can say that. Um, I mean, the the dude made 20 of 23 kicks in the Big 12. He was perfect from beyond 50. Is that who they're going with? Because Santoso, from what I've heard, hasn't really, A, impressed in practice. B, he hasn't really kicked in the National Football League. And Ryan Santoso is the only other kicker on this roster right now. Yeah, it's going to be fun. I mean, you would never go to, like, rookie minicamp and be like, ooh, I got to lock in on the kickers. But I am kind of intrigued to see what they have because there's only 32 of these jobs. So there's an immense amount of talent out there. It's not a big deal if these guys aren't the answer. There will be players available that they can bring in that should be you know, decent enough. Right, right. And hopefully you find the next Josh Lambeau, who basically was a guy that was cut by the Chargers and showed up here with very little fanfare and ended up having an outstanding career until it all unraveled. Um, so I, I'm excited to see the kicking competition. Uh, and I get why you would cut Matthew Wright. I had him on my 53, so I was surprised that they did it. But you need a guy that can do it all. And again, there's only 32 of these jobs. If you can't kick off, why would they keep you? No, I understand that. I totally get that. And you're right. You're you're 100% right. But would you at least keep him to kind of pressure Mevis a little bit? I mean, you're basically telling Mevis it's his job. Wouldn't you at least keep him just to have a little comp? It's one It's one roster spot out of 90. Keep him for the first two weeks? It was weird for me. Just They very, kept very Tim weird. Tebow last very, year of one weird. of their 90 spots. But you do think it's Mevis's job oh, to yeah. lose. That, that's, yeah, this course. is what this signals. I would think so, right? I think it's up in the air. I mean, I would think that there's a chance that you get, you know, out of the Hall of Fame game and all of a sudden there's two kickers working out. And it'll be two kickers that have made a bunch of field goals in this league. If if you miss field goals and you cut a guy that made 24-26, my God, it will be so, so perfect for this franchise to do something like that. And I get it. I get the kickoff. I totally get it. You know, that's that's a big deal. We're yeah. talking kickers, and it's May 12th. That's right. ja- that's Jacksonville in and of itself. You would think that would be because we cover, like, a 14 and right, 3 right, team. Right, And there's so few concerns. <laughs> They're on the way that, to the Super Bowl. I'm worried about long snapper. Um, you hey, know, they but, laid uh, locks Ross yeah, Matissica. That's right. We got our long snapper. That's right. Uh, real quick, Matt, then Hayes. Uh, things that you, I mean, look, look rookie minicamp. It's not like they're really, you know, going full go. But is there anyone in particular that, you know, needs to show something on the field this weekend? Yeah, I mean, Trayvon Walker. I, I just want to see the way he runs. I want to see his twitch. Uh, you know, I, I want to see a guy that you go, okay, he's got some explosion. To me, anyway. Again, it's not pads. It's literally helmets. I don't even know if they're in spiders. Or they don't think they are, right? Just helmets. I think it's going to be real light. Yeah. So just, I just want to see some twitch out of him, some speed, some explosion. And that's kind of it, really. I want to see him put three men in the hospital. Um, I want to see a a maniac out there. Um, but uh, yeah, it's uh, it's going to be so light. It, it Trayvon Walker is where your eyes have to go because they, you know, you saw what he did at the combine, and they can say all they want about that didn't infect it. Give me a break. I mean, obviously you took him because of what he did at the combine. Obviously, if he if he doesn't turn in some freakish performance in right. Indianapolis, he is not the number one pick. 
And so it it will always be a combine pick. Now it may work out great, but uh and so yeah, you want to see that. Now he's obviously going to he's going to be playing football and not doing those drills, but just to see that frame size, see the way he runs, you know, and and Lloyd and Muma. I mean, again, this th- they've invested significant capital on that side of the ball. The defense does now have a chance because of all the other uh, additions that they made in free agency. I mean, it's a totally new defense. So they do have a chance defensively to take a substantial leap forward, which would be going from awful, which is what they were last year, to average. That's what you can do in this league. They're not going to go from awful to elite or even very good in one year. Uh, but could they go from awful to mediocre? Yeah, I think that is attainable. And if they can do that, they can, you know, if they have a mediocre defense, Trevor gets better. They have a chance to surprise people in this league. So uh, to me, all the eyes have to go to to that side of the ball. I mean, because I'm, I mean, Luke Fortner, I'm glad he's here, but you're absolutely not going to see anything out of him. And you didn't draft a receiver, so, you know. Yeah, I mean. Still salty. Yeah. Still salty. Still salty. Jaguars hit the practice field, the rookies, I should say, uh, around noon on Friday and then again on Saturday. We will have you posted. 1010XL YouTube, 1010XL Facebook, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. We will see you there. 